Welcome, Tag Foo. What? The first and only podcast about people eating stuff. I'm Mike Lisk. Hello, everybody. Welcome once again to another episode of Tag Foo. What? Young Michael, the twist you took with the uh, intro there. It's not my place to say it, but magnifique. I'm going for the falsetto, right? You're really coming along. That's the correct term. I want I want to say I'm proud of you because that's insulting to a man of your stature. <laughs> my stature. But I am, wow. I am this, wait, wait until this show progresses. I don't, I don't know if we're going to be thinking so highly of uh, me at the end of the show. Uh oh. But anyway. <laughs> anyway, we uh, we're going to continue in my blatant effort to expand this audience to the record geek crowd. Uh, last week I did my ten. <laughs> 10 most listened to albums. And this week, uh, I'm throwing it over to you, Greg. Well, first of all, good luck in expanding our audience to music gigs. Uh, <laughs> I do Try. like how pathetically blatant you are. Uh, <laughs> I respect that. Uh, so, yeah, you, you kept saying most listened to albums, uh, which is hard to say, really. What we really mean is albums we love over the years, right? Yeah, and you keep going back to it. So, yeah, they're the ones you play the most over a lifetime. So, obviously, my first choice is a twofer. You got him? I got him. Leave Home, which is my favorite Ramones record, but I like to put it with Rocket of Russia. They, they're sister albums. They're like Irish twins, both released in the same year. Look at that. Uh Beautiful. Both of those albums, top Ramones records, top album albums of all time. Uh, you know, when I was, I was so lucky because in high school, because of our friend Will, who we've had as a guest, mm -hmm. uh, the guy who, you know, the guy who thinks Waddy is so good looking. I don't know if I'm <laughs> remember. Will Croxton. Let's give him Will a Croxton. full credit. That's, that's right. Uh, he was a little older and was in college and in a band and a cool guy. So thanks to him, I, as a like ninth grader, I had, I had access to Ramones records. And so I thought when, oh, when I get to college, uh, everybody listens to Ramones. I was like, it's going to be amazing. Uh -huh. And like, I had this fantasy of taking the artwork from Rocket to Russia. You know, each song has a brilliant little cartoon mm -hmm. drawn by John Holmstrom, the punk magazine guy. I was going to spend that summer spray painting T-shirts with each cartoon, each kind. I was just going to parade around campus when I got there in the fall, and fellow Ramones fans <laughs> flocked to me. Yeah, and that's how uh, we changed the world. Let us know uh, what 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 years are we talking about? Nineteen ninety. Nineteen ninety. Yeah. Yeah. Tough times for the Ramones in nineteen ninety. Tough times, but I thought, oh man, when you get to college, everybody listens to the Ramones. It's just going to be. Long story short, uh, A, of course, I never got around to doing those T-shirts. <laughs> uh, surprise. And in my all my years in college, I found one other fan of the Ramones, Jenny Finnell, who we've talked about, mm -hmm. uh, I think, last year in an episode about when they came to play my college, thanks to her. Uh, and you so wrote a song right. about her? Wrote a song about it. Yep, that's right. About being, you know, her being the only other Ramones fan. Uh, it's called Jenny Fennell. You can download it for 99 cents. <laughs> Keep plugging. That's what we're here for. The, Keep it was plugging. Like, it's, it's the big part of the happy scene 
EP that I recorded back in 1995 that was still probably the most thrilling thing I've done in my life. Mm-hmm. Uh, that I, I should release that as a single. Mm-hmm. Since I've, tr- I've tried to squeeze money out of it over the years. I still uh, have my copy. Thanks, buddy. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, but yeah, so long story long, uh, the Ramones are my favorite band. Those are my favorite two albums by them. And I can't imagine a scenario where I don't go back and listen to those. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, next up, and these, I feel like I'm a little, I don't know why, because I don't consider myself to be a music geek, but I'm worried these are a little vanilla as we go along. So feel free to, I mean, not as bad as yours, but you know. Uh, of course, the, the replace. <laughs> wait, wait, wait a second. We're, we're going to get to one one album that is like we'll, we'll have some discussion. Oh, really? Talking about vanilla. Well, I uh, do. Obvious, have... obvious. Let's put it that way. Vanilla. All right. Yeah. You know uh, well, is. first of all, I'm giving myself credit. I didn't do any comps or best ofs. Hmm. You had a couple in there, live records. Mm-hmm. Can we? Uh, okay. Uh, the replacements, <laughs> classic of all classics, Tim, of course. Let's get that terrible artwork up on screen. Is that the shittiest <laughs> album cover for a great album there is? The back I like fine. Like, can you think of an album you love with a shittier cover than Tim? No, you cannot. Yeah, I now, still don't know what the hell it is. I mean. Yeah, I, I read an article about the creative director of it and it still makes no sense i mean what uh, it looks like some sort of tunnel or something the, the bottom half tunnel in a cathedral in the 1400s yeah before they invented the window or the door <laughs> atrocious it is uh it is curious um and of course we mentioned this on the heels of the announcement that the remix version of tim is finally going to see the light of day. We've listened for uh, decades about how this mix was terrible. I never quite understood that conversation. I love the thank record. You. I love the record as is. I didn't feel like I had to, you know, add a footnote, but the mix is bad. You know, how many times have we heard that? Um, so, you know, I welcome any improvements to the album. Um, I actually know the person, actually Bob Mayer, who wrote the book, Trouble Boys. Mm-hmm. He's involved. So it's going to be quality. You know, it's going to be great. Yeah. Well, you seen him on Twitter? I, yeah, I, I follow him on Twitter. Twitter. He gets all upset when people question, you know, like so when people are like, you know what? I like the original mix. He goes nuts on them. And oh, does like, he? I, I didn't see that. I mean, number um, one, I've always loved the album. I've always loved the sound of it. Yeah. Uh, I guess I'm excited about these remixes. I'm sure they'll yeah, be great. Yeah. I'm sure I'll love them too. But but number one, I've, I've had a lot of music geek friends turn their nose up. But, oh, I love Tim's great, but the production. And they turn their nose. And I've always wondered if it's because, you know, Westerberg said that when the album came out. Mm-hmm. So I've always wondered if a little bit of it is like, well, you know, of course, if Paul thinks it, I must thank it because I too am a musical <laughs> genius. So there's a little bit of that bullshit on it. But plus it's like Yeah, I think I I just found out about him being the origin of, of this all. And yeah. Yeah, it's yeah, okay. I'm like, and it's painted like, oh, finally. You know, like he's some victim. I'm like, I'm sorry. Number one, I'm pretty sure he was there while they were 
recording it, mixing it, master, whatever. Right. And then it's like, all right, you've had 40 years of bitching about it. You could have done this at any point. <laughs> uh-huh. But like all of a sudden, we're like, oh, Tim's finally free from the shackles. Mm-hmm. The same thing happened with Kirk Cobain. The second Nevermind sold two records. He wanted to do the old, and I hate the production. It's too shiny. It's too good. Like, well, you were sitting there while the money faucets were on. <laughs> And I'm pretty sure you cast the checks and you uh-huh. sit there in the studio and you liked it. But the second you want to be mystical. So I've always felt a little bit of the whole Tim production thing goes directly back to dudes trying to like somehow they, they think and I and I do it, too, all the time. They think if Westerberg somehow hears them talking about it in the turkey's nest, he's going to want to be their best <laughs> friend. Um, yeah. I don't know what they think is going to uh-huh. happen. It's like I'm going to vote for a rich person because I think then I'll become rich. Uh, whatever. I mean, we, I, I'm excited because I love the album yeah. so much. And there are a couple of things on the, you know, like a couple of extra versions of Nowhere Is My Home I haven't heard or whatever. Uh, but I am bummed because I went to buy it the other day. And you can tell me what your thoughts on this are. Uh, it's not offered on vinyl. It's not all CDs. One of the records is vinyl, like the one official Ed Stasium remix, Stasium remix or whatever. Uh huh. That's an L, that's a vinyl. The rest is CD. Now, oh, that's weird. I'm, not a, I'm not a snob, like, unless it's Phil Spector or the Ramones with the wall of sound. I've never been a, you have to hear it on vinyl guy. My ears, it all kinds of sound fine. Mm-hmm. But for these big events, just like with Revolver, mm-hmm. I feel like having it as all of it at vinyl just makes it feel like an event, you know, that I want to be a part of and wrap my arms around. Yeah. Where CDs, it's a bit like, eh. Like See, I'm sure I've, I've you know, but I, I've, I've, yeah, I'm in the minority where I'm not part of this new vinyl resurgence. Uh, one because it's it's much more expensive. You know, I, I'm not going to buy spend forty dollars on an album I, I already have. I mean, mm-hmm. I rebought most of my records when they came out in CD. So mm-hmm. now we're looking on the third cycle of me rebuying the same album, and I'm just saying no. You know, I mean, but I know there's I, no I, I, but these CDs cost, I think it's like 120. It's not like, yeah, they're they're not cheap. I mean, I, I already, yeah, I pre ordered already as well. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, I didn't look at all the permutations. Uh, yeah, it does seem like usually when there's something like this, you have the option of the vinyl or the CD. Not yeah. sure, you know, there must be some sort of marketing thing involved where well, they said, doesn't make sense either. Because in terms of business, you think their audience, you know, it's a little older than me, actually, mm-hmm. very comfortable with vinyl, with records. Mm-hmm. And then from what I picked up on the on the young people today, the kids, as you say, <laughs> uh, they love. Yeah, they, they <laughs> they've discovered records uh, as they call it vinyls. Which, <laughs> yeah. But OK, yeah, the whole vinyls thing is just really uh, I'm like, I, I, know you I mean, we're to... not shrinking the word down. Records is two yeah. syllables, vinyl. I guess they know. want to make it feel like it's their own. Okay, Wonderful. yeah. I don't care. But, uh, but so yeah, in terms of business, I'm like, why, would, why wouldn't they? You know, because I would have already bought it by now. I, I know I'll mm-hmm. break down and get it after I bitch and moan mm-hmm. about it. But you think from a business point of view, they'd want, yeah, th- they'd have it available for, uh, mm-hmm. like I said, for, I don't care about the, Sound wise, I'm probably not going to be able to notice a difference or whatever. But 
for these events, I like it, make make it feel like that. So I mean, there's there's two songs that uh, I guess out there that you can listen to, and from my untrained ears, it sounds like the drums are louder. Uh, I went back, I listened to the you know I did the A B thing, and to me it sounds like the drums are louder. That's that's the thing I'm hearing right off the bat, which you know. It gives it a little more punch. Um, so I get that, but uh we'll have to see. I mean yeah. for the left of the die one, the one they've already released, I did notice the bass was a bit was more, but then it's like like you said, if you A B it, you go, okay, you can tell the difference. But is that what I have to be doing now? Is this a full time <laughs> job? I got an A B record. <laughs> right? Yeah, you you don't watch enough of these these record geeks on uh on youtube because that's all they do they're always a being fixed i mean you know they've okay. got they've I'm at, got I'm at multiple... whatever layer stops of music fan music geek. i'm at whatever stops right there uh-huh yeah no i I've, I've stopped at two versions of the same album and it's not like i've duplicated my whole record collection i mean mm -hmm. i started with records so uh well no i have a lot of cds now i, I never did a count on cds but uh Lots of records. And yeah, I couldn't afford to replace everyone on CD, so I didn't. But um, yeah, I'm not going to do it again in 2023, mm -hmm. where how many years do I have left before, you know, I'm underground? Two or not three. that much. Not that much. <laughs> not that much. So yeah. so let's be r rational here. I, I want to stay rational to, toward the end, you know, as far as I can. Um, yeah. Yeah, I'm not a being these. I, I, there are a few albums I love more than Tim, mm -hmm. and I'm not sitting there a being these things. I'm sure, like I said, I'm sure <laughs> the mix be great, but I'm tired of hearing people bitching and moaning about it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, like, but, but here's the thing: crying in his basement for forty years. You could have picked up the phone, <laughs> and this could have been done immediately. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, no, take I think all your money from Open Season Four and do it yourself. Well, the previous uh, lavish album was uh, Don't Tell a Soul. And I guess that well that did well, and I believe Bob uh, won a, uh, a Grammy for uh, the packaging and stuff. So yeah. they're yeah, so they're going to continue. They they've got a hit program, and you know, lots I'm of all for doing these. I I like that they're doing these re-releases. Yeah, no, I do. I too. don't understand the uh, the non-vinyl and this. Oh, Westerberg's finally freed. <laughs> Get the fuck out of here with that. <laughs> he hasn't even commented, has he? Of course not. He won't promote it. You know, he's he's down no. in his basement, you know, where he's and, happy. Well, and then when he finally does come out and promote it, he's going to do the thing where he's like, oh, I can't remember the words to my songs. Oh, aren't I just incredibly cool? Oh, what's this one? We got to go through that dance where we got to pretend that we don't notice that you're pretending you can't remember any of the words to your songs. Uh -huh. I, you know, I don't know. I don't know. Right, maybe we better move on. We've I'm belabored this. You're, you're getting upset. heated. Uh, obviously, I had to pick a Beatles record. Uh, a lot. I, I won't say you could have picked anyone, but I picked Sgt. Pepper. Uh, there it is. Nice one, Michael. Uh, I picked that over the still, others. Still in good shape. Guess why? Because Mike, Mike List. <laughs> I, no, no. Not my favorite Beatles record. 
yeah, it's not it's not my favorite fra- favorite, but if I'm kind of putting them all the same, I'm gonna give this a little bounce. Number one, uh, to keep up the theme of my being bitchy at music geeks. Uh, all I heard when I moved to Brooklyn was Sergeant Pepper stinks. You know, because it's you know, oh, if you really understand, you know, you gotta love revolver. Kind of like the smile pet sound thing. Uh-huh. Although I wouldn't compare smile to revolver. So right away my eyes are rolling. And yeah, I feel like I gotta defend Sergeant Pepper now. That's what is happening with these people. Uh, but, but plus, I believe it was the first record album I ever saw in real life and like held in my hand and played. Uh, when I was a kid, my mother's librarian. And back then, you just bring the kids during the summer and we'd wander around town. And as a record player, and this album was, and this would have been like 1979, 80. Mm-hmm. And it was the only record there just sitting there and I'd play it. And, you know, obviously of all the albums I find you, it's a crazy, it's an incredible cover, all the stuff that was in it. Uh, It's not my top, it's not my favorite Beatles album, but it's close. And it's probably the first album I ever actually saw in real life. So. Oh, okay. I didn't, I didn't know that. I'm sorry, but but you wanted to shit on it. I'm sorry. (laughs) No, I told my story about it's the a connection uh, I have. It's a connection I have as a kid with my with my mother. No, it I'm changes. So, it, it just you wanted to shit on it. No, I, I, I'm, 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 I'm changing course. I, you know, that's a very touching story. I, I didn't know it was literally the first album you came across. That's right. But uh, so yes, all right. Uh, now I'm, I'm, uh, like I said, I mean, my favorite Beatles records when I was a kid. And I played them to death where the the red and blue collections, you know, because that's, you know. Are they are, are they being re-released? Is that what I'm saying? Are they? <laughs> Is that where they're new? Because everyone's all worked up. They're releasing a final Beatles song, Be Here Now. You heard about that? Oh, yeah, where they're putting vocals together, yeah, or something. Yeah. And then I think, because it's the 50th anniversary of the red and blue albums, now I'm seeing, oh, they've remastered those or whatever. I don't know. I know that it took them a long time to put those out on CD because because yeah. when the Beatles finally did put everything on CD, uh, they were not part of it. You know, um, oh, it, really? it, it was it was all the British versions. You know, the American versions weren't released as CDs. So they tried yeah. to make the the authorized version right of the Beatles. So it was all the Beatles, uh, British versions of the albums. Uh, and then they they tacked on the past master past masters one right. and two to cover the singles, um, and they never they didn't release the American versions until years later. They didn't release the uh, red and blue uh, compilations until much later. But it it well if it's the fiftieth yeah they if, they're all looking at anniversaries now to re re release records. Mm-hmm. So we're in the the thick of things with all the classic uh, rock records ce- celebrating uh, anniversaries. But, you know, it's not even just 50. I mean, it's, you know, you see 10th year <laughs> anniversaries and yeah. 20 and 20, you know, whenever they can get an ad work an anniversary into a reissue, they do it. Like, like, you know? like the happy scenes, 25th year reissue of their <laughs> beloved EP. Uh, <laughs> featuring the should be hit single jenny finnell is that what you're saying <laughs> yeah yeah but uh, um a couple, of, a couple of months ago i did a uh i, don't, I can't remember if we talked about it what the my version of what the red and white album should have been because red i'm sorry blue? red and blue yeah 
the two songs from Revolver and one of them is Yellow Submarine. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. That's a that's a fucking fail. That's a okay. All right. Now I'm uh, I, I'm with you on that one. Uh, so we'll see. I think they're coming out. Okay. Do you have a favorite Beatles album? I would go with yeah. I mean, I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I think mine is probably Rubber Soul, very close to Revolver. I like Rubber Soul a lot. It's, we'll it's like more, more acoustic. Right it's yeah. I I don't know. I mean, I like that record. Well, we've gone around and around on that, so I'll yeah, I'll leave. <laughs> I'll leave we'll, Rubber Soul there. We'll leave it at that. Yeah. What's, what's your uh, next one? Kids in Philly. Now this Mar- one, this one I don't have the vinyl, as the kids say. Um, um, well, vinyls. <laughs> this this was during the CD era, so it's not cool to hold up CDs. So I'm I'm not going to hold up my CD of Kids in Philly. Uh, okay. Actually, I, I get in trouble legally because I think I did a burn with some extra tracks. <laughs> You're going to hell, Mike. Uh, I did a burn and some extra I tracks. Burning in hell from our buddy Ope. I think there was a. Oh, now you're going to get him in jail. <laughs> throw him under the bus. Uh, I threw him under the bus. Jeez. But yeah, that that's a great Patrick record. Tags coming off. That was a great album. You want to? Well, to be honest, I mean, it might be my favorite more album. Sometimes I've, I've always said "Float Away" is my number one, but "Kids in Philly." I've always thought it was the definitive album of my time. Mm-hmm. Like the came out, I was waiting, ready for it. And at the time I'd kind of given up on, Oh, I'll never hear another band. I love rock and roll is over. I'll never care again. And then poof, uh, Mariah showed up and kids in Philly. And it's just crazy. Iconic. It's crazy. Amazing. It takes me back to a place. It takes me back to a place and a time uh you know it's the year 2000 so we're all younger everything seems better um I, yeah it's another one i just cannot fathom uh not visiting this album over and over until uh my deathbed which hopefully will be way after your what do we say two years from now a couple of years uh, uh-huh. now were you aware of let's cut the crap beforehand because i think i think i saw Marah before kids in yeah. philly came out I was blown away. I, I saw them at the, the Mercury Lounge. And I guess Let's Cut the Crap had been out for a little bit. So I think it was just shortly before Kids in Philly came out. Yeah, you, I think you saw that show with Ope, right? Yeah. And so Ope made me a tape of Cut the Crap. Um, he's already going to jail anyway for your thing, so why not <laughs> let everybody know he made me a he's, tape of it? He's our bootleg source here. Jeez. We we never paid for music back then. We were for the sirens, the feds for money. <laughs> and uh, and I liked it, but then we went to the Kids in Philly release party. We got to take, somehow went to that show, and I hadn't heard Kids in Philly yet, but when they played it live, I was blown away. Which to me seems like that's. I don't know if that's ever happened with me. Like, I hear the song live for the before I hear it on the album, and like I felt like that's how I knew. I was like, "Wow, I'm really gonna love this album if I love it." Hearing it for the first time, you know, because usually if you like, you like to replay it. You go da da da, and that's been that album's been a huge part of my life since. Uh, obviously, great friends with Dave and Serge, uh, but yeah, that's definitely my my list of short list of albums. Uh, that will be there with me till the end. Now they were a great live band, and and 
yeah i mean seeing them live it was an immediate reaction i was like wow this is this is exciting haven't seen a, an exciting band like this in a while um so yeah i was ready for kids in philly when it came out perfect that's still your favorite album by them yeah yeah i think so i mean there's good stuff scattered on other albums as well but uh that one i think it all came together for them uh magnificent album um next up this one this one's been with me since high school it'll be with me till the end uh rem's murmur just every song is great uh i mean it's at the point where i can't remember the last time i didn't just kind of skip over Radio Free Europe. There we go. There's the guys. Uh, just a great album. I don't pretend to know anything, what it's about any more than anybody else does. I don't really care. Uh-huh. Uh, sounds great. The songs are great. Uh, again, I hope it's normal to have all this nostalgia with albums. Music has... That's music. normal. I mean, you know, we associate yeah. the music with where we were at that point in our lives. Yeah, so it's everybody just does one that. Of that. Like, was one of the first albums I, I'll say, discovered, but it was given to me. I'm sure. Mm -hmm. uh, the REM, the replacements, the Ramones, the Clash, all that stuff that I was lucky to get in high school. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, I'd have been listening to White Snake or whatever. <laughs> uh, but what? Yeah, no, were, were you White out of? Snake. Were you out of step with your classmates? I mean, yeah, I didn't listen to any. Yeah, I mean, I didn't like anything in the radio. I only listened to oldies radio. I mean, it was the. I mean, it was the height of hair metal. Yeah, yeah. It was pretty shitty, uh, and I uh, and I just got lucky, uh, again with Will, and uh, so the and REM is definitely one of the byproducts of that. And uh, so you you knew that that was the first one. You didn't uh, have Chronic Town. No, the the first song I ever heard of theirs is still my favorite REM song, "Life and How to Live It." Uh, got, or off of a mixtape someone had that's off of fables of reconstruction but then i immediately got uh murmur mm -hmm. and murmur is still my favorite yeah no it's, it's great it's a close second but murmur is still number one mm -hmm. and they put out 20 albums since like 2000 and i don't care about any of them but i mean i had gotten chronic town and i was intrigued i'm like what well, this is interesting it's different you know so uh yeah i was looking forward to murmur and then uh and then i even i i think I think their second record, uh, what is it, South, South Central Rain? Is that the name of it? What's, what's the second? Reckon, rec, Reckoning? Okay, yes, yeah. I'm blanking out. Um, Reckoning, I remember when that came out, I was like, wow. You know, because, yeah, the, the songs are pretty mysterious on Murmur. At least on Reckoning, you had a, a couple songs where the uh, lyrics were a little more. <laughs> yeah. you, could, you could hear what he was singing about. So I, I felt like Reckoning was actually a step up. I mean, I you know, I, I love Reckoning, too. I mean, uh, Murmur, too. But Reckoning, yeah, was I played that probably more than Murmur. Um, I hear that a lot. Most R.E.M. fans tell me that. I've never loved Reckoning as much as most R.E.M. fans. I mean, I like it. And there's some, like, don't go back to Rockville. That's a super slice of super slices. Pretty Persuasion's great. Uh, a couple other things. I've never, it's always felt like, oh, if you like R.E.M., you automatically, Reckoning is right there. Mm -hmm. It's not, I like it, but it's not my top three or five R.E.M. albums. I feel that way about your other favorite, Life's Rich Pageant. Um, 
You have to stick that in my face, Mike. <laughs> I'm just saying. Yeah, REM yeah. fans can disagree. We we you know we disagree about things. And uh, yeah. was was Life's Rich Pageant like the first a- album like came out new that you got? Is that the connection? That wasn't until Document. Okay. Because uh, ninth grade would have been eighty six, eighty seven for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it was probably right after Life's Rich Pageant, mm-hmm. uh, which I love, still love. Uh, Document was the first one where I knew about them and was waiting for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you remember when they were on Letterman that time and they did their first TV appearance? A- you know what? I I don't think. I mean, I've seen that since. He's acting weird, right? I mean, uh, he's sort oh. of. <laughs> Isn't he like sitting off to the side or something? Yeah, like he interviewed them or chatted with them, and he's off to the side being weird. And yeah, they did two songs, I think, which is odd even back then on the Letterman show, but. Uh... I think that's a that's a good move. Being the uh, mysterious singer, you know, what's he all about? You know, it builds uh, intrigue. I, I think it's I a it's get away a, with it if you know it starts taking hold immediately. Sure, why not? Like, yeah, yeah. You want a little mystery. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Keep people guessing. You know, you're an artist. You're I don't not, know if that works anymore. Nobody. You're wants not easy it. to read. Yeah, I don't, don't know think- if that anymore i don't know if people want mystery with their celebrities anymore no you don't think so no nah. i mean we we all want every minute detail everything yeah about every celebrity back then like you you were you, you remember zeppelin i mean nobody mm-hmm. knew anything about zeppelin you just all right yeah yeah you know, anything yeah. RPM, you didn't expect to really know anything about i was talking about this the other day actually one of my favorite albums is of the 90s it's always been surprising to me and most people. To me, the definitive early album, uh, 90s album has always been Pavement, Slanted, and Enchanted. Yeah. Now, I've never fallen in love with any of their other albums. Mm-hmm. And leaving, I remember thinking, I'd been hearing so much about this album before it was released. And for some reason, I got it in my head that I really wanted to hate it. Because mm-hmm. it just was one of those things where like every music journalist wanted yeah, a lot. There was of- a lot of hype around it. A lot of hype, but now I look back and I'm like, how in like 1991 would I have been hearing about this? Mm-hmm. Like, I would get Rolling Stone once a month or something. Like, mm-hmm. how much of it could have been in that? But for some reason, I had, I, oh, I can't wait for this album so I can shit on it. I don't know where I was getting or thought I was getting all this information. Um, to speak, that's to speak I had to listen a- to uh, WFMU. Uh, that's that's where I I found out about Pavement. And I think working. Pavement's probably my, my favorite band of the nineties. They mean, are, I, yeah, I, I yeah I I think there's good stuff on all their records. Uh, the later records were becoming a little more difficult to embrace, but there's still good stuff on there. Um, so yeah, I, I think I think they're they're probably my favorite band of the nineties. But but yeah, back then you could be mysterious. Like I don't know how we got any information. Yeah. Um, Actually, Slanted and Enchanted maybe could have been on this list. Uh, well, Crooked Rain, Crooked Rain, I guess that's the one that, I mean, it was a lot of hype about Slanted and Enchanted, but I think Crooked Rain, Crooked Rain brought them up a step even. Yeah. Uh, they I were even like getting some MTV airplay. Yeah. Uh, so that was a step up. But then that was probably the heights. I mean, I was almost, I don't want to say I was bummed when I finally heard the album and I loved it, but... Mm-hmm. Like remember when uh, I remember because this also this was time perfect when I moved to New York, 
uh, when that Sean Lennon solo album was coming out. Mm -hmm. Every music journo was just, I'm trying to be nice, I'll be delicate here, you know, wedding themselves. Yeah. Couldn't wait. Wedding, to, wedding, wedding, wedding is good. Good. Wedding <laughs> themselves couldn't wait to, because, because they had shit all over Julian. Mm -hmm. and they decided, oh, Sean's the real thing. He's the real, uh, you know, uh, next, the next John Lennon. He's the real thing. Yeah. And then when the album finally shows up, you didn't hear a word about it after that because it stunk. <laughs> so they had, I, I never had heard the record. Oh, yeah. I, I, I leading no up to it, they were, they just couldn't wait to love. They were like, oh, now he's the genius boy who the torch has been passed because uh -huh. they hated Julian. Uh, and then it just, then it just went away. I forget why I'm even talking about this. Oh, <laughs> lead, leading up to it, they were just so desperate to love it. And then they had it, even they couldn't pretend once it happened. But, uh, uh, sorry. So that's okay. Moving on to my girlfriend, Car Wheels on a Gravel Road. Mm -hmm. Little Lucinda. Lucinda Wilson. Uh, you don't have that one on vinyl? I had no, no. I, I've got the CD. I was officially on board with CDs at the time. <laughs> no need to apologize, Mike. Yeah. Uh, this is just one of those. And this also was time for when I moved to New York. So I associate with that. I was, I always lump this album in with El Corazon, mm -hmm. and uh, and it came out a little later. But that first Wilco Billy Bragg Mermaid Avenue album, yeah, that's a good good record. Yeah, like I feel like the three of those I just listened to. I remember sitting; it was my first job in New York. I had the CD tower. It's the first time you could put a little CD ROM in, and <laughs> I had like low enough so I could listen to it without you know. <laughs> I played those three albums on a loop like for an entire year. Uh huh. Um, I this is definitely Desert Island. Every song is great, even the artwork is just haunting and beautiful. Mm -hmm. uh, I know she's put out fifty albums since. I don't yeah. care. <laughs> uh, you loved her book. I did. Uh, and uh, yeah, I don't know. Just de definitely that Desert Island. You like the album? I mean, yeah. No, it's a it's a great album. Yeah, great drop in, Mike. Uh, <laughs> I'm trying to move things along. Next up, speaking of our buddy Will, uh, mm -hmm. Will Croxon's band, DT and the Shakes. Uh, he's going to yell at me because, you know, oh, that's three bands ago. Why don't you go you know, on uh, their first EP, Smooth Studio, Crafted Teen Fodder? Uh, there's not a minute. That's uh, a minute. It's only 13 minutes long total. Uh, second on that album, I don't love. Every song is great, it's got everything you want. From like a young college band's first recording, it's exciting. Songs are great. Um, this is a you know ride or die, desert island album uh, for me. It's an EP. Uh, when when I did my EP, uh, the happy scenes, much beloved, take my teenage head, which was up for re-release last year. <laughs> uh, I specifically got. I did six songs because Smooth Studio was six songs. I specifically. I made sure to get the little hole in the middle, not the big 45 hole because uh -huh. Smooth Studio did. Uh, and plus, uh, when when they were at James Madison, there were two other bands, the Rational Herdsmen, who also put out a six-song 45 EP, which is almost as good as DT's. Mm -hmm. If DT's an A+, this is an A. And The Undecided, another band that they were all buddies with, put out a great record. So it's one of those things where it's, I was too young 
but you just picture this you're nostalgic for a time you weren't even a part of like i just pictured them just sitting around in college in the mid 80s just like aren't we amazing mm-hmm. isn't this incredible i you can you can listen to it on spotify dt and the shakes smooth studio crafted team fodder yeah i don't i don't have the vinyl on that one but okay, uh I'm yeah break out, the, break out the checkbook <laughs> well somebody could have sent it to us to promote on the show but uh Oh, <laughs> precious! I'm not putting that thing in the mail. You know, precious cargo. You know, how much one of those EPs is worth after all this time. Well, tell everybody where your vinyls are I don't know, these days. Me. I could, I could use some cash right now. Aren't your vinyls like in uh, storage, know, like miles away from sold, you? But uh, I, w- I wouldn't want to put one in the mail.